Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. He looked at me. I have been his patient for more than 20 years. And he said, this is really strange. You're an African-American, age 57. I've never seen this before. This back pain that you're continually having with no signs of osteoporosis. No signs, exactly. And I didn't have any signs of osteoporosis in my family history. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation is building its Do Good Village in Lando Lakes, Florida. It's the first of its kind, a community of 110 homes for the foundation's program recipients. So together, families can heal. So together, families can help one another. A special place where families know that their neighbors understand and care. Make the Do Good Village the first of many. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Everybody, I have a super special episode for you today. You know I love everything about action movies, superhero movies, high-impact and performance movies. I had the privilege of having a great conversation with Anthony Molinari today. And the man is, he's a staple in Marvel and DC movies and has become a go-to stunt performer for all of these films. He's been the stunt double for Hollywood heavyweights like Mark Ruffalo, Jeremy Renner, Matt Damon, and Oscar Isaac. And he's even been in front of the camera commanding scenes in movies like Christopher Nolan's Tenant, David O. Russell's The Fighter, and the upcoming passion project The Last Deal. He let me geek out and ask him all of the burning questions I had about the life of a stunt performer, the types of contracts they agreed to, and most importantly, who has the best craft services? See, I'm asking the tough questions, people, okay? He also took the time to answer some of your listeners' submitted questions as well, and they were some good ones. Sit back, kick up your feet, grab a cocktail, and listen to my conversation with Hollywood actor and Marvel and DC stunt performer Anthony Molinari. right you're listening to reality and comics 2 the podcast that discusses all things scripted and unscripted tv and film i'm kendrick but most of you know me as your mama's favorite black geek you want some hot takes about the real housewives or love island or maybe you just want some extra insight on the scarlet witch or the marvel cinematic universe well you're in the right place grab a cocktail sit back and prepare to cuss and fuss right along with me Thanks for joining us today. I have a super special guest that I was just telling you about. Please welcome here, Anthony Molinari. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Yourself, Kendrick? Oh, I, I can't complain. I, you know, I've been looking forward to this conversation for, I don't know how long now. I, I'm so, I tell my guests all the time, or my listeners rather, that I'm so into like how stuff is actually made. And I feel like the behind the scenes people in a lot of like projects don't get the dues that they deserve. So I'm always excited when I get to talk to anybody that's like helping these huge engines move forward. So I'm I'm super excited for our conversation today. Oh, me too, man. Thanks. I appreciate that. It's good to be acknowledged. Oh, absolutely. So uh, first of all, just how are you? Just well, I feel like we have to do a wellness check on everybody we talk to nowadays. How are you? <laughs> I'm very blessed, man. Good. Like they, um, constantly at COVID testing us on projects. So we probably, I mean, I can only speak for myself. I probably average about six tests a week. So we are constantly mm-hmm. getting tested. So in that sense, the, 
you're constantly getting a reminder that you're in clear, which is really nice. But yeah, we're doing really well, man. Can't complain at all. Thanks for asking. Oh, perfect. Is that, I don't even know if they've like advanced any, is that still like sticking straight up the nose test or have they like gone to saliva or, I mean, is it bad every time? It's not, you know, they're getting actually better. The last couple that I've done, it's self-administering. So like, I just got to take the Q-tip and like, kind of like roll it around the nose, uh, the nostril, right on the, the, the short end of the nostril, like five or six times. So it's, it hasn't been bad lately, but every once in a while, you got a brain <laughs> <like> a <laughs> oh <your> boy <laughs> yeah that that was that was hard for a while i remember going and they were they were doing that and i was okay but i took my whole family with me when we got tested like the first time and it was hard getting any of them to go back with me because it went so far up our nose so i was like no 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 more of that so yeah, yeah. That, good to hear <laughs> i'm glad yeah, they're 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 yeah <laughs> good so why don't you uh why don't you kind of tell everybody actually about yourself. I'm always interested, especially with people that do stunts for a living. I'm always interested in like how they grew up and, you know, were you, were you the kid that was kind of, you know, in a neighborhood, were you jumping off the roof? Were you, you know, climbing the tallest tree in the neighborhood? Like were your parents just always like on edge every time they got a call about Anthony? I mean, yes and no. I mean, I, I was definitely <laughs> that kid that kind of like always pushed the limits. So there was always something going on. And I definitely had my my fair amount of visits to the emergency ward. Most of them <laughs> were stitches. But like, yeah, they started to get to know me on a first name basis over there. And um, <laughs> but like, I, yeah, I mean, I guess in a nutshell, we grew up. Um, yeah, I guess lower class. We, we were pretty poor growing up. It was kind of rough. We had like welfare and food stamps. So that, but we never knew different because we were kids and my mom was always just so loving. So yeah, absolutely. knowing that you were poor, we had no idea. It was just, uh, it was always a house full of like a lot of noise, fun, action. And, uh, and there was always something going on. So I grew up in Worcester, Massachusetts, uh, born there. Um, I have an older sister, younger brother. Uh, my brother's Billy and my older sister's Chrissy. My mom and dad, they ended up getting divorced when we were in high school. My mom is amazing. My father is two, two loving parents, was blessed in that sense. Ended up going to Bowdoin College up in Maine. Uh, played football up there and indoor and outdoor track. Uh, graduated and decided I wanted to teach. So I started teaching in New England for a little while. Then took my uh, teaching out to San Francisco for three years. Worked in like a special ed classroom. And then... I finally decided to move home and start the long-term teaching career. Um, I was teaching at Martin Luther King uh, Elementary, and um, and I was teaching special ed kids, behavioral disorder kids, and uh, and that's kind of where I planned on anchoring for 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 my teaching career. But my first year, um, once I got the classroom in order. I had a morning journal that we started every day and the morning journal was, what do you want to be when you grow up? And uh, immediately one of the students raised his hand. He's like, Hey, Mr. M, this is silly. I don't know what I want to be when I grow up. I'm only nine. I'm like, (laughs) good point, Kenny. Good point. Uh, If you could do anything today as a nine-year-old, what would you do? Ah, Mr. M, I don't know. And I'd be like, come on, please, Kenny, just write your paper. And he's like, okay, fine. I'll write it. If you just tell me what you wanted to do when you were nine years old. If you had a pick, I'm like, Kenny, he's like, serious. All right. I said, okay. Uh, let me think. I was like, oh, I know. I said, I like this show called The Fall Guy. I probably would have wrote about like driving fast cars, jumping off buildings, being a Hollywood stuntman. He goes, you want to be a stuntman? I said, write your paper. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he ends up writing his paper. A couple of days go by. He comes and brings me uh, uh, some papers from uh, the printer. I'm like, Kenny, you're not supposed to do any printing without permission. And he's like, come on, Mr. M, just check it out. And I look at it and it says USA United. Yeah, it was like international stunt school in Seattle. And I was like, what? I was like, how'd you find this? He goes, the internet, Mr. M, you need to get up with the times. <laughs> I was like, this is crazy. I said, thanks, buddy. So I put it on my desk. Long story short, I ended up going to the school on a whim thinking that I'd give it a shot. And then I drove down to Hollywood saying, I'm going to make some short-term goals and see if I meet them. And I did. And, um, yeah, after a while, it all took off, and there I was, like making a career in Hollywood. Wow! About about how old were you when, like, all that that whole story transpired? Yeah, I was twenty eight. Uh, oh yeah, wow! I, okay. 
Yeah. So I was late in my, I came out late in the career. Most of these guys start pretty young. A lot of these guys out here are generations. So like their grandfathers and their fathers and their sons. So mm-hmm. they're pretty much born into it. Um, so it's, it's uh, I started a little bit later than uh, you would have liked. That I, I kind of love that though, because I feel like most people, after like i don't know i feel like after 25 people get a little nervous about starting a whole new career but you you went for it and it, look it, it's it's paid off all these years later that's yeah, amazing I've been, yeah i've been blessed really blessed so you know of course now i have to ask you did if you're you know if one of your kids comes to you one day and says that i want to be a, a stunt person just like <laughs> you one day what are you going to tell them well i mean the worst thing you can tell a kid is no right so <laughs> Uh, I think I would just show him all the scars on my body and uh, and I kind of let him figure it out from there. But it's funny. they they My boys tend to call me more of an actor than they I always introduce me. Like, my dad's an actor. They don't really... I mean, I, my foundation is definitely stunts. Over the last six, seven, eight years, it's definitely been transitioning to acting just because you can only hit the ground for so long. And after you've done... Yeah, I mean, I've been blessed to work in this business a long time. So after you've done almost a, a lot of these gags, it starts to get old after a while. And you want to kind of like push yourself to a different level. Sure, sure. Was being like a recognizable face, like immediately something that you ever wanted? Like, I know you, you know, you went for the stunts, but did you ever think that like, you know, at some point I do want to be an actor or did you always just kind of want to be someone more behind the scenes instead of in front of the camera yeah I, I love being behind the scenes it's just mm-hmm. it feels more it's all it's just it's um yeah I like being the magic and the trick you know what I mean like it's like it's always funner that way because then you don't have to deal with the crowds and the people and your privacy and uh, stuff like that but right. I mean I've always been open to whatever life throws at me you should hopefully you uh, sometimes the most uncomfortable things are the things you got to do in life and and yeah doing this acting stuff has been really challenging for me but I think that's one thing that's been driving me a lot towards it too is just taking on the challenge sure sure okay yeah. and then I always wondered that because I you know I of course have thought about doing a million things but at the last minute I'm just kind of like oh I don't know if that's the way I want to go I would always be so nervous about you know, constantly being followed by tabloids and stuff like that. But I feel like you've, you found like that sweet spot where you can still do all the things you wanted to do, but not all the criticism and random, you know, harassment that people take online from being in front of the camera. Yeah. Like up to date, it's been great. I mean, I, I, I've carved a nice little career out of it and stuff like that. But for me leaving the classroom, I always knew that like I was coming out here with the intention of, telling stories and that would inspire and move people. And that was because I was doing that in the classroom and I didn't want to lose sight of that. So that's still my goal today, but mm. it's just, it's starting to take its direction in a different way and, and mainstream more in the, the kind of the acting and directing world. Absolutely. I mean, I, I was telling you earlier, I had just watched Tenet and you've done a, a, not just that, but you've done uh, other amazing projects too. So I could definitely, I mean, I, I think, you know, you have a great enough relationship with Marvel and DC. Now, if you wanted to, you know, make that jump, I'm sure they welcome me with open arms. Yeah, it's all about relationships and like in the right time. I think I found that like we all want to rush things in life. At least that's what I did with my career. But after looking back, I'm like, wow, all of it really unfolded in a perfect way. But sometimes you don't see it when you're in it. Uh, you've, you've done like a ton of, you know, Marvel and DC projects, like, you know, Captain, uh, Marvel, Birds of Prey, Spider-Man Far From Home, uh, The Dark Knight Rises, another Christopher Nolan flick. Uh, and you've done, of course, one of my favorites, Captain America Winter Soldier. Did this happen just because like those projects obviously have like the more complicated fighting sequences and require like so much elaborate coordination and like did that draw you to them or were, are you just like a long time comic book reader and you know you jumped at the opportunity when it presented itself yeah I think both um okay because it's yeah I mean I was bo- like when working with any Marvel projects you're usually working with the best and mm-hmm. and that's the goal is to dance and learn with the top performers in the business so yeah I definitely love like the challenge of the complications and fight sequences 
but also at the same time, I've always loved Marvel as a kid. So being a part of recreating some of these childhood stories that we get to experience, it's like a dream come true. Sure. Did you have a, uh, when you got that first, you know, call that like maybe uh, we'll just take Marvel, for example, like Marvel was looking for, you know, someone to be on this movie or did you kind of think, wow, I hope it's like this particular character because I've loved them for so long or were you just, you know, were you one of the guys who were reading, you know, any and everything that you could or watching all the cartoons? Like, did you have a favorite or were you just like in love with the genre in general? Oh, no, it's definitely the Hulk. Yeah. Like Bruce yeah. Banner. <laughs> and I like, it's been my favorite since I was a little kid. It always will be my favorite. Yeah. He, and, and ironically enough, I was working with Mark and Mark did mm-hmm. an amazing job in making that character just so relatable in my eyes. I was just about to say that's basically dream realized you because you've done uh, the Hulk and it's been a couple of projects right that you've uh, doubled for Mark Ruffalo. Yeah, yeah, Mark. I, we met in two thousand four on Just Like Heaven, and we've um, yeah we've we've kept a, a great relationship ever since then. Oh, perfect! That's great to hear because I always wonder like how that kind of comes about because like obviously you know if you put your picture and his kind of side by side, you could definitely understand like why you would be the stunt double because there are a lot of similarities. Is that how it kind of goes? Like they think, okay, we want Mark Ruffalo for this. And then are you the guy that like they typically would reach out to, or do you still have to go through the process every single time? There's a process every time, but at the same time, most good coordinators and usually if they're working on a Marvel show, they're one of the great ones. The, the great ones are always asking their actors or actresses, like, do you have a stunt double that you prefer? Because whatever makes the most important thing is creating a comfort on set so that they sure. can feel the freedom to explore and discover and create in any way they want. So a lot of times that's kind of the smartest thing to do. So Mark has been very consistent on like requesting me. And when I'm available, I'm, I, I definitely like jump on the opportunity. But he also knows that we all have to kind of blossom into different careers as well and so he's been very supportive in the choices that i've made over these like last 10 years perfect oh that's it's great to hear i feel like everyone loves to to hear that uh like their favorite marvel or whoever like their favorite hollywood star is actually like a great person behind the scenes so that's good to hear <laughs> yeah um, be honest with you, like most of the great ones are <laughs> i've been really blessed but like i've worked with a, a good handful of them and most of the great ones are I, I think it attributes to them being great is that they're just, they're really good people. Oh, that, that literally as a, a ridiculous comic book fan and Marvel fan, that like warms my heart. Like you could never even know, like that makes me genuinely happy. That's always been kind of my fear about meeting like one of my favorites is that I would not like them after the fact, but that's mm-hmm. good to know because Mark Ruffalo is definitely one of my favorites. Oh, great. <laughs> Um, this one is, I have a question for you, but it's kind of a, I don't want to get you in trouble with anyone, but you've <laughs> done, <laughs> you've done projects for both Marvel and DC. Who has the better craft services? Like whose food are you looking forward to <laughs> on set more every day? <laughs> That's funny. Uh, you know, I got to plead the fifth on that one. It's way too close. That's <laughs> too close. <laughs> I don't want to get you in trouble with Kevin Feige or anything. So I'll let you, I'll, I'll let you plead on that one. <laughs> yeah, but my kids, that's their favorite spot. Whenever they come to that, it's craft service. It's nice. Yeah, go to. Perfect. So uh, kind of speaking along those lines, though, do you have kind of a preference of like what studios or, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, Marvel for Disney or, you know, Warner Brothers in D.C.? Like, do you usually have a preference of if you're offered, you know, maybe two jobs and you can only accept one or is it kind of, you know, I guess I'm asking, do you have like a process when you're yeah. trying to decide what kind of jobs you want to accept during that time? Yeah, I mean. I don't, the, the, the studio that I work for doesn't have a big play in the factor. I mean, for me, I started a family like about nine years ago and that's probably the biggest one that I, that I make my priority. So mm-hmm. like, yeah, ever since I started having a family, I choose the job that really is going to support me being a good family man. And that's hard in this business. And sure. I 
I mean, I just really, I'm looking for jobs that keep me in town, um, jobs that aren't going to be like six to 10 months of work. Um, yeah. And it's, uh, it's been, it's been really, actually, I've been really fortunate to create those jobs and create a really good balance with the family and be able to do the jobs that I need to do. Perfect. I was, that was going to be actually my follow-up question. Does time commitment actually play a, you know, a factor in this or, I always wonder too, like maybe if someone like you was approached, is it more important to be a stunt performer? Like where you actually get to do what you love or maybe if they offer you like, okay, we'd like you to be the head coordinator on this mm. project. Is that something that comes into play too? Like, would you accept a longer time commitment on a movie set if you got to be a coordinator for like the project or are you still kind of like, you know what I, I prefer being the you know one of the performers on this so that i can you know stay in la for longer yeah yeah it, it's i mean for the most part i think it kind of it, it depends ideally nine out of ten times you're going with the higher qualified job like the high the coordinator gives you um more a little more creativity in breaking down and setting up the the choreography for the scripts and the storytelling and like Every action sequence, in my eyes, should tell a story. Once you just start doing it to look really like badass action, then it starts looking like just an action piece within a story and not really a part of the story. So like that's a lot of fun working as the coordinator because you're 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 stitching these action sequences ideally seamlessly into the storytelling. So mm-hmm. I, I really do like that challenge. It's a it's a bigger challenge, and it does tend to take more time. But I pick and choose those ones um, that are going to support like the creative part and also the family, ideally. Okay, so it's like a perfect balance of both would be mm-hmm. ideal. Okay. Uh, speak uh, kind of along those lines, I guess. I don't want to act as if you know, like a superhero flick is the kind of only movie that you've done because you're you're uh, I am what is it i am uh db page is ridiculous <laughs> so like yeah. i don't want to act like you've only done those but uh you've you've done some stuff that required intense stunts like everything from you know like ford versus ferrari where you were matt damon's stunt double uh you know you've worked with like jason statham on wrath of man uh bad boys for life which i wasn't expecting when i saw in there like that's a, a great one too with will smith and martin lawrence do you uh do you have kind of a preference for like the type of projects that you accept or like does one require you know, like more physical or mental kind of effort or take on a body than like another one would so like superhero versus just action flick yeah the, the, i mean i think it really for me it always comes down to a good story i mean mm-hmm. and, and i yeah I, I work on a lot of small projects and at first i thought that was wasn't cool but then I found out that it's really cool because the more yeah. I worked on them the more I fell in love with them because what you do is you find these smaller budget films they tend to be there tends to be more of a camaraderie and like a family-like feeling on set with the cast and crew mm-hmm. and uh, but yeah I would say on the smaller project you do tend to demand more of a physical and mental um, effort that you have to put in because you're wearing multiple hats when there's like small projects you and to have less personnel and yeah, you got to jump in and do some things that you might not be that comfortable doing. Sure. Do you think that uh, the opportunities that arrive from like these, like the smaller projects, do you think that like, have you ever like had an experience where you've like worked on one of these and then like, I know like Marvel now, especially is like kind of reaching into these smaller ponds and like finding like these amazing directors and story writers that like, we as the audience might have never heard of, but now they've like been thrown onto this global scale. Have you ever like actually witnessed, I guess, since you've been in the industry for a while now, have you ever witnessed someone kind of that you st- you worked with on a really small project that is now just like, wow, we wouldn't believe that like their career is what it is now? Oh yeah, lots, especially I don't, lately. It's been a lot of people like you see them, yeah, I mean, just doing a couple of music videos or there's like, there's just an, a couple of animated shows. And then all of a sudden you're like, wow, you got the opportunity to do this. This is amazing. And like, um, yeah, I see a lot more calculated risk-taking 
when it comes to hiring some younger. And, and again, it, I think a lot of it is attributed to technology. These younger kids are, have been uh, exposed to technology and with the new film schools that are just on the edge of like filmmaking. And mm-hmm. it kind of leaves some of these older gentlemen in the dust when they don't want to change. But yeah, I, I, I find that there are a lot of kids now that have opportunities when where they might not have had them 10 years ago. Are there, uh, one of the things that I think I, I wonder most about when it comes to uh, stunt performers specifically, because I think about my day to day, are there any days where you just wake up in the morning and you're like, damn, I, I don't feel like getting set on fire and thrown <laughs> off of a 10 foot building today. Like, how do you have, if though, if you have those days, like, how do you handle those? Because like someone like me, I would take a PTO day, but I would imagine like it's very different for you. Like if you signed on to a project, you have to kind of show up. So how do you personally get out of that mindset of like, I don't want to do this today, but I kind of need to. Yeah. Those, those days are a constant reminder to get off my ass and open up my (laughs) eyes to new possibilities. It's just, you just got to wake up. It's just like, it's almost like someone literally slapping you. Well, sometimes, yeah, it is someone literally slapping you in the face to wake up. And I, and I just open my eyes to new possibilities. And, and that, again, is why I've been focusing on that acting and directing uh, so much lately. Nice. You, uh, so with, with uh, acting and directing, do you think you'd want to like do script writing too? Or is that something like you, you like finding new people that like maybe on these smaller projects that you've done, there's like been a story that's jumped out at you so much. It's like, you've wanted to collaborate with someone else or there's something that like you want to be like a part of the process, mainly from start to finish. Like you'd love to write your own script. Yeah, no, that there's definitely, it's, it's, it's storytelling and I love storytelling. So yeah, it, I, for sure. I, I absolutely foresee myself like writing, you know I mean? Producing, directing, acting. I mean, I mean, like I said, from the beginning, I've always came out here to be a, a filmmaker, a part of the process. And I didn't know exactly where I was going to fall in that process. I knew that I was coming out to be a stuntman, but I knew I just, I wanted to be a part of the filmmaking process. And uh, yeah, I've been fortunate enough to kind of wear a lot of hats in a lot of different um, departments. So it's been great. Nice. I, f- I feel like, yeah, with your career, you've probably gotten a crash course in almost a little bit of everything like making a movie from start to finish everything from uh you know behind the scenes stunts to being in front of the camera to directing and everything like that do you think that did you want to like do this more formal like uh getting the training you know like maybe through I don't whether it's a formal program or whatever the case may be or have you seen more value in just like onset experience with all these different people that have been doing it for so long. Yeah. The onset, I, I always love like, you know, jump right in and figure it out. And, yeah. and a lot of that, that is this business. I feel like the best, best ones in this business are the ones that can do something really good with a very short amount of time. Mm. Um, and, and like, it's, it's just, it's constantly being challenged on like how quickly can you create and how well can you create in that amount of time? So, that's to me, I think is one of the big keys in movie making business because fortunately sometimes we just don't have the liberty of time. You've been like a stunt double for the, you know, multiple uh, names that people recognize on projects like both inside and outside of the, the Marvel cinematic universe, the DCEU. Then that makes me kind of curious. We've kind of touched on it before with Mark Ruffalo, but do you develop friendships with a lot of different actors after working with them so often or do you mostly develop friendships with like, you know, other people who have found passion in performing stunts or coordinating stunts, or is it just a, a big mixture of both? I, I, uh, it's, it's, it's across the board. It even goes beyond just the actors and the stunt performers and the stunt court. I mean, right down to the PAs. I, I, what I've found that like relationships are everything in this business. And it's actually, it goes for life in some ways. It's all about relationships and, and, and like, it's just easier and it's more natural and feels more comfortable to like to treat the PAs to the background, to the director and the producer and the executive producer, all the same. If you can mm-hmm. just like, and, and when you find a piece that 
feels good, that's great. And if it happens to be the PA or the executive producer, then let it naturally create a relationship because the more natural relationship you create, probably it's only going to probably more likely to last a long time, which creates a career instead of a short time job. Uh, Along those lines, I guess, (laughs) I one of the things I kind of found interesting was you've done stunts for like both Mark Ruffalo and a Jeremy Renner. And it just kind of made me think Mm. what happens for someone like you when two actors who you've done stunts for are both working on the same project? Because obviously when we hear Mark Ruffalo and we hear Jeremy Renner, someone might think, oh, the Avengers. So like if you were called onto like the Avengers set, how does it work with like, you know, you determining who you would be doing stunts for, who you'd be, you know, doing the coordination for, for the fight scene? Like, is there really like, is there a pecking order, I guess? Or do you just kind of, you know, let them fight it out and determine like who, who gets Anthony? (laughs) (laughs) That's that's cool. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Number one, the, both of those guys are so cool and they both just want what's best for everybody, especially Mm -hmm. like their their coworkers. Um, It really kind of comes down to the stunt coordinator. Ultimately in the end, uh, he chooses the right guy for the right job. And a lot of times, um, I mean, my, me personally, it's kind of like who have I known the longest, uh, who's, who I've been with longer, but I really, the coordinator kind of ends up choosing who's going to be end up the fine. He, he has a final say. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. That's good to hear that they're both really good dudes too. I've heard good things about, uh, Jeremy Renner. So that's good to hear. Jeremy's one of Jeremy's a man. He's a, he's a great guy. <laughs> Good. I mean, he's a great dad. He's a great guy. He's so yeah. He's so accepting. Uh, really, yeah. One of my favorites. Perfect. I I was oh man, I was about to sneak in a question about the the Hawkeye show, but I'm not going to do that to you. I don't want to get you in trouble with, with Kevin Feige. I'm trying to keep everybody on his good list. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> uh, kind of along those lines, though. Have you ever kind of just walked onto a set like you know I, I know you've probably uh growing up you probably had you know idols of your own but have you ever just like walked onto a set of a project and just been like absolutely starstruck and like if so who was it mm. oh it definitely at the very beginning of my career it was um I'll never be, Beyonce I would walk onto the set of dream girls and I just remember standing there like <laughs> I mean I couldn't stop what? smiling I was like a kid in a toy store. It was like, I just never, I mean, the beauty, she was just such a beautiful woman. And yeah, I I would definitely have to say her. There's been a handful, but not too many. Another one that pops into mind that I was really giddy about was um, Stephen Root on Leatherheads. Um, I I love There was a TV series that he did called News Radio. And as a kid, he played one of my favorite characters, Jimmy James, on one of my favorite shows. So I was, uh, I just remember being like super just excited to get to know him. And actually it's funny. We became really good friends. Um, but typically I usually just treat them like normal peeps. Yeah. Oh, I wish you knew like how, how relevant the answer of Beyonce and dream girls is to this podcast. Oh. I, don't, <laughs> I don't even, I can't even tell you how many times just like pure randomly that movie comes up so that is i i love that that was your answer for that question oh that's great oh man (laughs) that was i mean she's prettier in person than she is on film oh i believe it i absolutely believe it everyone that's met her said the exact same thing yeah that is crazy that that was your answer (laughs) (laughs) it's funny um so let's talk a little bit uh i have some some listener questions for you but before we get there i want to ask you a little bit about the like the actual logistics about being a stunt performer. Like we always hear, you know, as as watchers of Marvel or DC movies, we hear about how since they have universes where the the movies are so connected and, you know, we see people appear multiple times, we know that they sign like multiple film contracts. Is there ever a scenario where that uh, occurs, like in the stunt world? Like, you know, if if Mark Ruffalo has to, you know, uh, we if we need to see him in The Incredible Hulk, if we need to see him in The Avengers, if we need to see him in this or that, is there a scenario where they're like, okay, just buckle up and you come along for this four film deal? 
or, you know, is it just kind of planted by ear because you might have, you know, other things you're committed to as well? Yeah, it's funny. Um, so typically you're always on like a weekly or a daily. So like a stunt man and a stunt coordinator, we're, we're all part of the Screen Actors Guild and, mm-hmm. and that, and we work as like private contractors and we renew our contract typically, like, like I said, like a, on a daily or weekly basis. Uh, the stunt coordinators are the head of the department. They hire the stunt performers and they hire us to do pretty much calculated action sequences over and over again without getting injured. When it comes to like contracts, we're, we can get asked to be on the run of the show. So they'll say, hey, we want to pick you guys up for the run of the show. But every week there'll be a contract that's going to be renewed. Uh, but mm. we maybe we'll we'll be there for six months or eight months. So that contract will be consistently being renewed. Uh, very rarely do some guys have like a contract with an actor and it's in their contract and they're part of their deal and they have a rate. Sometimes that'll happen, but that's on the rarer occasion. Got you. Okay. Okay. I always feel, I felt like I'm glad you kind of broke that myth down because I feel like most people just assume that, you know, like, Oh, you know, Anthony, he's like, you know, the Marvel guy. So he'll do this, he'll do that. And, you know, so that, that's good to know that you've kind of, you know, you, you too have to uh, do those kind of week to week or basis by basis things. Yep. And it's and in a way it's kind of nice because then and if you look at it in the positive side, it's like, you're not committed to one film over the course of eight months. You mm-hmm. can go and day play and move around. And long as the schedules work out nicely and they, you can really, it can be pretty lucrative by like, I guess day playing is what they call it. Okay. I guess there wouldn't be because you've done, you know, projects for multiple different studios, but are there ever situations where uh, a stunt performer would have to do like a non-compete clause or are you guys pretty, you know, free range with what you can do? Yeah, we're pretty free range with what we can do. That makes sense. I mean, I would, I assume, cause I've seen most, uh, most people that uh, do stunts, I've seen them, you know, be all over the board. Like they don't just do Marvel or they don't just do DC. So I guess that would make sense. Yeah. They, 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 I mean, like, again, I think you'd be talking about maybe like a special occasion or an exception, but no, there's, there's really, you can, you're pretty much free to be, because like I said, it's because it's on a daily and a weekly thing. Once that contract expires, you're free to do and go wherever you want to go. Okay. Uh, I wanted to kind of last little question before uh, we get into some, some listener stuff. How does it feel to constantly like, you know, I loved hearing your story earlier and how you basically got inspired to, you know, follow your dreams. How does it feel to like constantly be acknowledged by uh, the Screen Actors Guild and by like the Emmys actually with awards, like are awards something that you ever with, uh, you know, wanted to be a stunt performer, are awards something that you ever even like considered or dreamed about, or were they just kind of like a, a happy surprise, like the icing on top of the cake? Yeah, definitely the icing on top of the cake. <laughs> Award, I mean, like to me, it's really about the actual, like who you're there doing it with. You know, like, mm-hmm. like those, like kind of like more of those relations and uh, connections that you're having right there on site. And yeah, and like award shows and acknowledging the artists in our business, it's really important. But the people that are in the trenches with you, those are the ones that really know who the true heroes are. Sure, sure. Because I, I imagine that's, you know, really nice to, you know, put your blood, sweat, and tears into something. And, you know, a whole academy of people are taking notice of it. Yep, it's, it is. It's, it's a great feeling to have the support and the acknowledgement from your peers. Nice. So, uh, so the way my podcast is kind of formatted, I'm a solo act, but uh, I, you know, my listeners often submit voice messages with comments and questions about, you know, whatever the topic of that episode is. So in this case, my listeners actually submitted some written questions for you. So do you mind answering a couple of them? No, no, shoot. Perfect. Okay. So my buddy Samaj, who has a podcast called uh, Me, I Am Canceled, he had a fantastic question. He wants to know, uh, would you like to be acknowledged like in the same way a ghostwriter for a celebrity memoir is acknowledged, like going out on the press tours, 
talking about your experiences creating the movie, uh, mm-hmm. you know, right alongside the actors that people more so identify with the role. Yeah, I mean, me personally, oh, it's, that was a, <laughs> I, I mean, I probably pass on the experience of going on the press tours. It's just mm-hmm. one, it's, it's just not my favorite thing to do. But like I always, I always think that it slows me down from developing the, the next project, and and like, and that's what I really enjoy doing is the creative part of the filmmaking. Sure, sure, yeah. And I, I imagine uh, going back to what you were saying earlier. I imagine uh, a whole press tour for, especially something as big as a a Marvel or a DC movie, would take an extraordinary amount of time out of your day, and probably schedules just all over the place. Yeah, I think they're very important, and like I wouldn't mind. I mean, obviously, the, there's a time for it, but yeah, if I had a choice, I, I'd just yeah keep me in the creative space. Right, right, okay, <laughs> that's yeah. valid. That's valid. Uh, so I have uh, Nick wants to know: Have you ever been cast to stunt for someone that you look absolutely nothing like? And if that was the case, like did makeup or styling department did they do a good job with the transformation yeah <laughs> that, that situation comes up more often than i'd like to admit <laughs> <laughs> and the makeup departments are amazing yeah the, with the wigs and the makeup uh, they're amazing our our like hair and makeup department's heads and they 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 can do amazing stuff to um and you got to remember a lot of times most of the time all they got to do is make you look like the character from behind. So a lot of times when mm-hmm. I used to go out on job interviews for stunts, the guy was like, Hey, turn around. Oh yeah. You look like him. <laughs> I'm like, That's great. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, there's been, there's been a handful of times. Uh, and uh, yeah, the, the hair and makeup department are amazing. Transforming you. Nice. That's gotta be good to hear. I, I've, <laughs> you know, when you, you put your faith in like, you know, some of these big companies, I'm sure they usually, come through but you know sometimes you know a smaller project that you know you love the script for or you know you love whatever about it the director they might not have the money to you know put behind the the million dollar movie makeup or anything like that so that's it's good to hear that it's worked out for you more times than not (laughs) yeah uh candace has a great question it's more of a uh we kind of spoke on it earlier though towards the beginning of the interview uh, she wants to know how long typically is the career of a stunt person and what do you like dream of doing after retirement or in retirement rather? Right. Right. Um, yeah, I guess the, the first part of the question, it depends on the stunt performers and their workouts uh, and their, and whatever they might, their, their specialty might be because all that kind of decides how much uh, constant like pressure like uh pounding your body's taken if you're if you're if you're if you're a car guy you tend to be in the car a lot more as opposed to like i mean a a fighter who's hitting the ground a lot more so depending Mm -hmm. on your specialty it it probably ranges but typically you see guys starting to fade out of the stunt world around 55 60 um i would Mm -hmm. say even younger in some cases because when i remember when i first got out here doing stunts i was told that it's a young man's business and it truly is. I can, yeah, I can, I wonder too, like, you know, we've heard uh, actors and actresses talk about like the shelf life of being like going up for a lot of roles that they would want to. So I always imagined if that was like pretty similar for stunt performers too. Yeah, I would say it is. It's pretty yeah. parallel. Yeah. Okay. And, and uh, I was, as far as retirement goes, I, I just can't wait to, yeah, I, I just <laughs> I see a house on top of a mountain with a beautiful view and a hot tub, and then my golf cart. My wife and I just go <laughs> golfing on a regular basis. <laughs> Not the American dream. There you go. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, Candace also had kind of a more uh, logistical question too, and we've actually touched on this a bit. Are there uh, different like levels of stunts and do you have to specialize in them? So like that kind of makes me think of what you were talking about as opposed to, you know, someone who is doing like the stunts in cars as opposed to someone who's doing something that's a lot more grueling on their body. Yeah, I mean, they do, they range. And that's in a way, it's kind of what you don't want. You don't want to be typecasted as like 
oh, he's the high fall guy and he's the car guy and he's the mm. fight guy and he's the, the fire burn guy. Because what ends up happening is like you only get those calls when a lot of times you, you these guys are like very talented in a, a lot of different aspects of stunts. Like, and they, and they don't, they, but they've already gotten stereotyped as just one specific one. Um, me personally, it's, I've always tried to not be great at anything, but be really good at everything. And, there you go. <laughs> and so, I mean, it, it actually worked in my favor. So I, I do, I get a little bit of everything, which is really nice. Perfect. That worked out. I, I know that works out great. I've always wondered uh, people who I can imagine typecasting is a, a really kind of big downfall or issue that you would kind of deal with. But I always also kind of wonder too, how do you really people that want to do certain things, is there a way you're supposed to like perfect certain stuff? Like, do people go through a course if they want to, you know, do like a Ford versus Ferrari where they're going to be in a car for, you know, God knows how long, or are they just like, you know, Hey, come try this out. We think you could do this and let's see how it goes. Yeah. A, a little bit of both more, more so that like most of those guys have been doing it their whole lives. That's who you want out there because again, like you never know when they're going to change something. And it went from, Oh, you're just going to drive into a, a drive a straight line to like, Hey, we want you to drift it around this corner, slide a 90 and then hit this park. And you're like, what? <laughs> so like <laughs> having the guy that's overqualified, I would say is more common that we usually put those guys in, in the seat because you want to be prepared for the worst and you mm -hmm. hope for the best. Okay. Makes sense. Uh, Jesse has kind of a funny question. Jesse wants to know, Who's usually more rude or annoying when you walk onto a set, the director or the actor? <laughs> I guess and we depends. don't have to talk about anybody. <laughs> nobody specific. <laughs> a, I think, um, you know, I would say like probably neither. I'd say the worst one is usually the DP. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I guess, you know what? Everybody has their good and bad days. Um, that's what I've noticed. <laughs> You yeah. just hope to see it coming and get out of the way. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> That's sage advice right there. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, last one of the the uh, the listener questions that I got for you. Ginger, I always call it Ginger with a J. Ginger wants to know when you're choreographing or uh, performing stunts, how do you work around doing something in a bulky or restrictive costume? Like I mm. imagine like you doing Marvel and DC projects. I imagine this is probably an issue that you've encountered way more than once. So like, does the choreography change sometimes or do you just have to work around it? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, it's funny because a lot of people don't think of it. And yeah, <laughs> the, the costumes that we get put into sometimes are ridiculous. I mean, the designers are constantly <laughs> like trying to, to just make it look so cool and amazing, which a lot of times makes it like very not practical to move in. Right. Um, yeah. So like there's been, there've been times where like a coordinator will ask, look, are, are you good on wires and gymnastics? And you're like, yeah, but then you get there and you're like, Oh, wait, <laughs> You're wearing a full-blown space outfit with a helmet you can barely walk in or see out of. It's like, never mind, do stunts in it. So right. uh, what I would say, uh, sometimes sometimes we'll alter the costumes, but most of the time we just train. They, they know what they're up against. So a lot of times rehearsal will be a big key and we'll just train mm -hmm. until we can do the choreography with the, with the outfit. Gotcha. So it's just more so, you know, having to constantly try to perfect it until the day it's time to shoot. That's right. Gotcha. Okay. Oh, boy, those were, first of all, thanks to all my listeners. Those were some amazing questions that they asked. And I, of course, uh, before we wrap things up, I want to know about all the, what do you have coming up? Like, what kind of special projects and what do you, I mean, what's going on? I know you've been working on some stuff during COVID. Yeah, thanks. Uh, probably the, my, probably my favorite project that I've worked on was the one we did over COVID. We filmed um, a movie called the last deal. And, um, we just locked the picture where, um, it's, I was the first time I ever played a lead role in the film and it's about, um, the weed industry and how it's changed from black market to white market and all those changes and how the vendors have handled it. So it's, mm. it's a, it's an experience of a guy. And, and I think it's 
goes deeper than that in the sense of it's kind of like what's important in life and finding out uh, who you truly are and, and like kind of seeing your value and, and fighting for it. And yeah, it was a great project. It, it probably, you know, it probably be out sooner than later. It'll probably come out close to the end of the year, if not right at the very beginning of next year. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. So we'll have that out. And that was a really exciting one. And uh, yeah, there's been, there's been a lot of projects that have been great. Um, I don't know if I can even talk about this one. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a <laughs> there's been a lot of projects. I got this great role coming up uh, that I'm really excited about too on its HBO TV series. Actually, two HBO TV series. One of them was Westworld, and uh, one of them's Barry. So keep an eye out for those as well. Literally, my two favorite shows. That's so awesome. Okay. <laughs> oh, great, great. That's good. To hear. Wow. I, oh, wow. I'm I'm excited to see what uh, what comes to both of those. I'm gonna have to see now. I've got your your email and your number, so I might have to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to follow up about how your experience was with doing those. That's amazing. Congrats That's on both of those. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Anthony, thank you for taking the time to speak to me today. I'm like, I've, I've had such a, uh, I, don't even, I, I feel weird saying obsession, but it's really, I've had such an obsession with like the whole, the stunts world and how all these amazing movies that we like all obsess over how they actually come to fruition. So being able to talk to someone today, that has so much experience in this arena has been like life-changing. Thank you. Oh man, my pleasure. <laughs> I'm glad. Thanks for reaching out. And I appreciate you thinking of me, bring me on the show. Absolutely. Hope I, hopefully I get to talk to you soon after uh, maybe after your, the upcoming projects you're talking about, maybe we'll uh, get to circle back and talk about your experience working on those. Cause I'm sure yeah, there'll look, be, you know, some good ones. Yeah. I look forward to it. through that entire episode well aren't you special you deserve a treat why don't you head on over to apple Podcasts or stitcher or Podchaser or Castbox and leave me a five-star rating and review for free need to contact me email me at realitycomics2 at gmail.com make sure you follow me on instagram for hilarious memes and up-to-date information about the podcast that's at Reality Comics 2, T-O-O. This is Kendrick, and I'll see ya! Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.